You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Khan. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy or the show Locked On Horns. I want to say good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us. Thanks for making us part of your day. I just want to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. We're going to start off talking about COVID-19 restrictions. If you think back to the beginning of this show when we kicked it off, back in March of last year, COVID was just becoming a thing. We saw the cancellation of the Big 12 tournament, NCAA tournament, baseball season, softball season after they had the number one team in the country. A lot was going on, and then really nothing was going on because of COVID. It's been a year. I thought this was interesting. The Big 12 commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, believes that we could see full stadiums this year. That was not a typo of what I read. They... Uh, absolutely do have an opportunity here. And he's, and this is something that he said, and this is a quote I'm going to read to you from 24-7 Sports. If we continue to make the kind of progress that we're making right now on testing and on vaccinations, I think it's not unreasonable to see a, a fall that could have reduced attendance restrictions lifted. I think Dr. Anthony Fauci said that, and I think others have said that's not an unreasonable expectation But it's going to be a matter of what happens between now and then. If we backslide or the variance turns out to be more difficult, uh, who knows? I don't think there's any metric that can forecast, but based on some of the scientific leadership we've heard from around the country, there seems to be some possibility that could be the case, which would be an absolutely fantastic turn of events considering what we've gone through for the last year. You know, wearing the mask everywhere, uh, you know, limited capacity, you know, some stadiums, like even basketball this year, uh, you know, at the Frank Irwin Center, no one was allowed to go in. Maybe that changes things. We're allowed to get back to that. We're allowed to have 100,000 screaming people inside DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. Who's not excited about that? I mean, you'd be hard-pressed not to be excited about that. And it's something that could be coming down the pipe according to the Big 12 Commissioner, Bob Bolsby. Now, back to what we wanted to start the show. The Texas Longhorns are getting ready for the Big 12 tournament. That's going to be a little bit interesting, considering how they kind of finished the season. Started a slide, got a couple wins to end out the year. When the Ferris Mowers poll came out, the coaches poll by USA Today Sports, Texas stayed right where they were at last week, staying at number 16. However, if you look at the AP Top 25, Texas rose up to 13th uh, for the final regular season Top 25. Other teams that made the list, Baylor came in at number 2. Then you have West Virginia at number 10. And that starts a run of Big 12 teams. Kansas at 11, Oklahoma State at 12, obviously Texas at 13, 
You drop down to see Texas Tech at number 20. And you round it out with Oklahoma coming in and 25th. Uh, a team that Texas had just defeated prior to the TCU game. Obviously, the Big 12 tournament is coming up. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the Big 12 tournament before we get into some football news, some football talk. We talk about who could be a breakout player this year. But first, let's get into some more basketball talk and look at the Big 12 tournament as it sets right now. Now, with this Big 12 tournament, we have the seedings all set in place. Top two seeds, Baylor, Kansas, how we thought it was going to be at the, at the beginning of the year. Didn't think so towards the end of the middle of the year. By the end of the year, it was back to that Baylor, Kansas 1 and 2. That's followed up by the Texas Longhorns coming at 3, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. And then the bottom four, Oklahoma, TCU, Kansas State, and Iowa State. So what that means, on Wednesday, we're going to have the first games in the Big 12 tournament. Number 8, TCU. Number 9, Kansas State. Going to take are going to take the floor. After that game, Oklahoma, Iowa State on the floor, and then that's when the quarterfinals are going to begin on Thursday. So in the first matchup of the quarterfinals, we're going to have number four, West Virginia, number five, Oklahoma State, 10.30 a.m., followed by Baylor versus the game one winner, whoever wins out of TCU in Kansas State. Game five is going to be Kansas versus the winner of Oklahoma, Iowa State, and then we have the rematch. And when I say rematch, it's because if we think about this. We talked about it just a few minutes ago. This thing has become full circle. And we're talking about the COVID-19. Last year, Texas versus Texas Tech was the game, first game on the floor that got canceled due to COVID-19. And then effectively everything else followed suit. We're finally going to get that game, Texas versus Texas Tech. Interesting matchup between these two teams. A series that Texas Tech has owned over the last several years. The Texas Tech head coach, Chris Beers, absolutely owned his former alma mater. Or his alma mater, I should say. Texas has won once. It came on February 29th of 2020. Last game of the year, they were able to defeat them 68-58 on, on the Texas Tech home floor in Lubbock, Texas. But if you go before that... It goes all the way, it goes back to 2018 it was the last time that they were able to win a 67-58 win for the first meeting of that season. They would lose the second one in Lubbock uh, of that year, which came just two weeks later. But ever since that moment in 2018, this has been a Texas Tech series. Texas needs to win this game, not just for those purposes of, of finally getting over those demons because Shaka Smart has not had their number. In fact, they've had Shaka's number. Can they get over that hump? Because if Texas can defeat Texas Tech on Friday in the late game, they will take on the winner of Kansas versus whoever comes out of the game two, which is Oklahoma, Iowa State. I'm leaning towards Kansas in this. So it's either going to be Kansas versus Texas or Kansas versus Texas Tech. The winner, the early game on Friday in the semifinals is going to pit the Game 3 winner between West Virginia and Oklahoma State uh, versus the winner of Game 4, which is Baylor, versus the lower, the middle two seeds, I should say, the 8-9 seeds. Uh, TCU, Kansas State, really doesn't matter. It's going to be Baylor. Baylor. Nobody's been able to stop Baylor. West Virginia has been able to do it, but they were the only ones all year long so that's where we have it at 
this point. But coming up next, we're going to get into some football talk. Could you use more confidence in the bedroom? Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to your bedroom. It's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED. It can help men gain that extra confidence when it's time to perform. The process is simple. You can sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength to your prescription. If you don't like swallowing pills, no problems here. It's all chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the U.S., and they are prepared and shipped directly, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more detail and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout, and just pay the $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over. There's NBA, college basketball, NHL in full swing. Let's not forget March Madness is coming up. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to betonline.ag on your computer or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just remember to use that promo code locked on. That's L O C K D O N. Remember, promo code locked on L O C K E D O N at BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Selection Sunday is a week away, and there will be a number of ACC teams left out of the tournament. What went wrong in the ACC this season? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's jump onto the football side of things. We talked about it. We teased about it. We're talking breakout player candidates as spring football arrives. Who could be a player on the horizon? I look over to my friends at the longhornswire.usatoday.com. Uh, they put out their list. Uh, we'll start with Griffin McVay's choice. He's got Kelvante Dixon, wide receiver, as a breakout candidate. You know, he is a guy who we saw a little bit of. You know, he's a track guy. He like he has speed. And obviously with Steve Sarkeesian, he likes to use that speed. So maybe Kelvante Dixon finds a way onto the field this year. Because as we know what Steve Sarkeesian likes to do, he puts his best players on the field regardless of seniority or or what have you. And it's different from the previous regime. Now you have Sarkeesian in play. I think Kelvante Dixon is a guy. And you saw a little bit of it. You know, let's go back. Let's go back in time. Uh, think back to the Alamo Bowl where you saw what he could do when Casey Thompson found Kelvante Dixon for a 73-yard touchdown. So you, you see what the speed does. And you see how he can get behind the defense. That'll be a very important name to watch. You know, but Cami Griffin, the editor, and it comes on our shows on Fridays, she goes with Troy Omier, which I think is is smart because you look at it, 
the traditional X receiver, your outside guy, the guys that were there are gone. When, you know, over the recent years, you had Colin Johnson. Behind him is Brandon Eagles. Tariq Black played a little bit over there. Well, he's gone now. And Troy Omier, he kind of fits that mold of that bigger wide receiver who can get downfield for you. He's definitely going to be the guy to watch. I think it's going to be interesting because I don't think he's going to be ready for spring. But come fall, he should be ready after tearing his ACL in fall camp last year. Six foot three, two hundred thirty pounds, can be a big weapon. And from all reports that we heard, he was looking great in fall camp before the season, before it was cut short. And given that they don't have Tariq Black, they don't have Brennan Eagles, they don't have that traditional guy. I think he's the guy that can make it, who can get it done. Now Montreal Zell is moving over from defense to offense. Maybe he is in play there, but he's not a breakout candidate for me because I believe there's there's a little bit of a change there that he's going to have to get used to playing on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, obviously, he did it in high school, uh, playing both ways, a defensive back and wide receiver. You know, But he's a guy that he's going to have to get acclimated. And, and really, when you look at the wide receivers, they have a lot of guys, but a lot of them are, are guys that really fit inside. And when you talk about a Jake Smith, a Jordan Whittington, a Calvante Dixon, uh, you know, there's not that true out, those true outside sets. Uh, Marcus Washington's another guy I think could get some play there at the X. So he's definitely guys that you look at. Uh, another breakout player that they have, Shane Carter, their newest contributor, put out Andrich Carrick as his breakout player. A guy who can play right tackle, he can play left tackle. Uh, reports are the team's a little bit concerned with maybe his length. You know, is he a little bit too small? Uh, or not really small, but, you know, shorter arms to play that left tackle. Maybe he could play right tackle. I think he could play anywhere, but I think it's important that he did play left tackle yes, last year. Didn't allow a single pressure. Now, mind you, that was in three games, 87 total snaps played. But definitely a guy to, to keep in mind uh, when it comes to who's going to stand out on that offensive line. Breakout players on offense, those are guys that, that I would really look at. Uh, could you say a Jordan Whittington is a breakout candidate? Maybe a Jake Smith. Neither one of them really could stay healthy and stay on the field all season last year. That's going to be really important. Stay on the field. Stay healthy. Kind of see what those guys can bring to the football field this upcoming season. Well, when we talk about breakouts, I would probably still lean Bijan Robinson. You know, that's my guy. But I thought it was interesting because Bleacher Report put out their biggest big play threats in all of college football his number two guy on the list was B. John Robinson perhaps no one nobody will benefit more than a kid who has already all the trappings of being one of college football's rising stars that would be sophomore running back B. John Robinson who looks like an all-american in the waiting five-star Arizona product was brought along slowly uh but finished with a bang after five plotting games to start the year uh, the 222-pounder, two-pound blazer who doubles as a wrecking ball broke out with 113 yards and 12 carries against West Virginia. 172 carries on nine, or 172 yards on nine carries. Scored three touchdowns, including a 75-yard scamper. He averaged 19.1 yards per carry in the regular season finale. Then against Colorado in the Alamo Bowl, he followed up performance with 183 yards on 10 carries and a touchdown. Added two catches for. 37 yards, and another pair of touchdowns. Of all the weapons Sarkeesian inherits, Robinson is the biggest. 
He may wind up being the most explosive player in all of college football, says Brad Shepard of Bleacher Report. I think I think it's dead on. I mean, when you look at it, let's be honest, Herman didn't use him at all. And Steve Sarkeesian, you kind of see what he did. I mean, you can go back and look at what he did with Najee Harris. And, you know, many could say that, you know, Bijan was even highly, more highly touted. And so I look at that and it, you know, it's a huge thing. So I, I would say, yeah, Bijan is probably going to be their most explosive player. And he's, he might lead the Big 12 in rushing if they go to him consistently. Now, he's going to have to beat out Brees Hall, who was the nation's best running back last year. But given what Robinson showed in a small amount of time, I really think that Bijan's the guy that, that could do it uh, when you look at everything involved. He's, he's the guy that I think is near the top. And, you know, we've seen the big plays year in and year out. So let's go with that. Let's go with Bijan. That's my pick. What's your pick? Give me your pick. It could be offense. It could be defense. You know, we focus so much on the offense. Give me your defensive guy. Who's going to be that breakout star on defense? I'm going to go with Alfred Collins. I think, you know, him playing in the middle, doing what he can do, that would be the guy that I would go with. You know, other guys you could talk about, maybe you could look at some of the PFF grades for the top 10 returning defensive players. We're going to start around number three. You got Jacoby Jones off the edge. He's a guy. He came out with a 72.8 grade. Third highest returning Texas Longhorn next year. Maybe it's Keandre Colburn. He had a 75.8 grade returning. And then the number one guy, Tavondre Sweat, also playing defensive tackle. 79.1 grade. They need the guys on the edges, right? They need the Jacoby Jones of the world. Maybe a Moro, a Jomo. Those are the guys that they need in the front of this defense to make that pass rush better. Something that's been missing from the Texas Longhorns over the last several years. All right. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is that amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. Now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is time for Built Bar Madness. Well, in today's matchup, we have the Apple Almond Crisp Bar versus the German Chocolate Cake Built Bar. Definitely like this. There's nothing more American than apple pie or maybe even an apple almond crisp. Everybody loves a German chocolate cake. This is tough for me, but, you know, I'm all American. Let's go with apple on this one. Go to BuiltBar.com or to Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON20, L-O-C-K-D-O-N-2-0, to get 20% off your next order. That's locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at BillBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar on the market. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On Peacock and Williamson. Every Monday through Friday, Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering all the latest news, insight on every game, every team, every move around the NFL, Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're going to get into some talk about compelling storylines to watch for the spring. Two of the big ones on there, obviously, is going to be the quarterback competition 
we're going to talk a lot about it. We're going to talk here. We're going to talk more throughout the week and weeks leading up to spring football and throughout spring. Because it's a big situation when you talk about Casey Thompson, Hudson Card. Who's going to be the guy? It was one of, it is the, I won't say the quarterback matchup to watch because there's a pretty good one going on at Ohio State as they try to replace their quarterback, Justin Fields. Down in Austin, which is the one we care about, we're talking about Casey Thompson, we're talking about Hudson Card. Thought this was a little bit interesting. Uh, I'm going to read you a little snippet of the article on ESPN. Casey Thompson's entering his fourth season in the program, took a big step in possibly replacing former starter Sam Ellinger by throwing four touchdowns in the Longhorns' 55-23 win over Colorado in the Alamo Bowl. Hudson Card, the number two dual-threat quarterback in the 2020 ESPN 300 and an Austin, Texas native, We'll get a strong look from Sarkeesian as well. I think it's going to be interesting to see which way he goes. I mean, I think Sarkeesian's offense can be run by different style quarterbacks. You, you look back at Alabama, he had two attack of Iloa, who was a guy who could throw the ball. He could sling it. He could also run when needed. Who does that remind you of? That's a little bit of Casey Thompson, I think, uh, when you look at what he can do. Because we've seen Casey run. He's quick. He can get out of the pocket. He can maneuver around to create opportunities to get the ball down the field. That's going to be a huge one to watch. And I think more of, more recently you had Mac Jones, and I think that fits a little bit more Hudson Card. Not that Card is not mobile, because he is. I mean, he was a dual-threat quarterback. But he seems to be more that pocket passer. He seems to be more the guy who's going to stand in there, run when needed, but he can stand in there in the pocket, throw the football, take a hit if he needs to. I think he has the frame for it. Whereas when I look at Casey, he he does not have the frame to consistently take those kind of hits. He fits kind of that Mac Jones, stand in the pocket, deliver the ball. That's why it's going to be so interesting to watch this, because you have two quarterbacks with completely different dynamics, and two quarterbacks that I think do relatively well under Sarkeesian, so it'll be really interesting to watch that, see how that transpires, does it go well. We'll kind of see how that plays out. That was one of those storylines that they're watching the other one obviously is going to revolve around Steve Sarkeesian making his uh first year as the head coach at the University of Texas Sarkeesian the former Alabama offense coordinator and USC and Washington's head coach takes over Texas where Tom Harmon couldn't get it done Sarkeesian has said the Longhorns will play with an all gas no breaks hopefully they'll do a better job of slowing down opponents after finishing 61st in FBS and scoring defense at 28.5 points per game in 2020. And Shirley Sarkeesian will do what his predecessor didn't and get the ball in B. John Robinson's hand as much as possible. And I think, I mean, that's a talking point that we've said, but these uh, were the thoughts of ESPN senior writer Mark Slaybach. Uh, but, you know, when you look at this team, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, and I think, you know, the offense is sexy and everything, but when you have an offensive-minded coach, it makes you lean towards that as well. Now, he did bring up a good point about the defense, and that's why he went and got Pete Kwiatkowski from Washington to kind of bring that defense here, a defense that has been top 10 in scoring defense almost every year, produces NFL talent after NFL talent. So you're, he's definitely going to be a guy to watch there in that regard. But I'm interested to see how the offense changes, what's the dynamic you know, they ran a lot with the quarterback. Uh, you know, when you talk about Sam Ellinger and, and running that quarterback power, how does that change? 
Uh, obviously, with a different quarterback, they don't have to worry about trying to force this quarterback to play a little different style. Uh, when you talk about Sam Ellinger, who's now leaving, and that's why we're talking Casey Thompson, Hudson card. Kind of see how that plays out. So that, that's going to be one to watch, see how that works out. And obviously, B. John Robinson, I think, is the guy that he's going to benefit the most with Steve Sarkeesian coming to Austin to be the head coach, given what he did with Najee Harris. And that's the great thing when you look at Steve Sarkeesian's offense. It was not run he- heavy. It wasn't pass heavy. It was, it was very balanced in that he would attack both ways. Given the matchups, what is he looking at? What's he seeing from the opposing defense? And I think that's only going to continue. But is it going to be enough? That's the big question. Is the offense going to be enough to deal with an Oklahoma? That's the question that we're asking. Oklahoma's defense, beyond the Red River shootout, was a much better defense down the stretch and the reason why they won the Big 12 championship for a sixth year in a row. Can this offense deal with that defense? It's all going to matter up front because that's where Oklahoma is strongest. They're strongest on the defensive line. Can the offensive line hold up and give Casey Thompson a Hudson card time to throw? Can they make the holes for Bijan Robinson? And can the wide receivers get open? And can they make plays down the field? Because that's what it's all going to come down to. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. Uh, tune in tomorrow. We'll be back at it talking more football. Uh, maybe get into a little more detail on Bob Bosley's comments about a full crowd at DKR next year. But uh, y'all keep it locked on. Hook them.